This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Mentioned a lot of news, as you might expect, around President-elect Donald Trump. An interview he did, which aired last night on CBS 60 Minutes, and a rather controversial appointment he's made as he's beginning to fill some of those early positions in his administration. But I wanted to play this because, look, and in, in fairness, as I said last week, and there were stories about various acts of racial discrimination occurring in the United States, and I said, I hope the president condemns this, or the president-elect, that is. And last night he did. I hate to hear that. I mean, I hate but to hear But you do hear it. I don't hear it. I, you I, do, you're I not saw, seeing I saw one or on, two instances. On, on social media? But I think media? it's a very small amount. Again, I think it's do the Do you want to say anything to those I, people? I would say don't do it. That's terrible. Because I'm going to bring this country together. They're harassing Latinos, Muslims. I am so saddened to hear that. And I say stop it. If it, if it helps. I, I will say this. And I'll say it right to the camera. Stop it. All right, so a powerful message last night from the president-elect. Some wondering, though, whether that message has been offset somewhat with the appointment of Steve Bannon from Breitbart News, a prominent figure in the so-called alt-right, to be chief strategist and senior White House counsel, a very important and influential position. So joining us to talk a bit more about what the president-elect is saying, what he's doing, very pleased to welcome back to the program Michael Taub, a Troy Media syndicated columnist, a Washington Times contributor, and also a speechwriter for former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Michael, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Rob. All right, well, let's talk about the interview itself. And it does seem as though uh, the president-elect is trying to, to come across as a, a reasonable person. Uh, he seems to be backing down from some, maybe some of the more controversial aspects of, of his campaign. What, what did you make of uh, how he came across last night? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think he was trying to sound more reasonable and more rational in his thought process. And the point he made to say twice to people to stop it or to stop doing it in terms of making these sorts of terrible comments against Hispanics, Muslims, and other groups, minorities, and people, I think is the right thing for him to do. Now, I don't quite frankly know whether his critics are going to listen or not. I think they're probably also going to continue to say, well, it's too little, too late. Why didn't he say this months ago? But I think now we're starting to see the evolution of, shall we say, a campaign mode Trump. And basically what we've seen the past 18 months where he's had some pretty harsh language and pretty harsh rhetoric in attacking a lot of different groups and people and sometimes not even just necessarily attacking people he's also attacking both the democratic party and his own republican party at the same time so i think we're starting to evolve from that into shall we say more of a world leader type of trump where he realizes the enormity of what he has just acquired that being the presidency of the united states which he'll take over next january twentieth And I think he realizes that if he wants to have a successful four-year term in office, and more to the point, actually possibly win two terms as president, he has to change his style. He has to change the way that he has operated for the last little while. He's got to become more of a unifier, someone who's going to work with different groups and different people to build programs that, yes, are sort of centered around the basic themes he had, which was obviously improving jobs and improving health care, improving immigration and various other aspects to make life better in the United States, but also the sort of 
tone down on the rhetoric, tone down on the language, and sort of look more like a leader, which is, quite frankly, what a lot of conservatives and a lot of Republicans hoped he would be like from the very beginning. Indeed. And, and you got to wonder, because um, there, there are those who think that, that Steve Bannon, and we'll, we'll talk, we can talk more about him, but that, sure. that he seems to be the kind of guy who wants to make sure that Trump sticks to a lot of what he talked about during the campaign. But to, to hear him say, you know, maybe we won't... Uh, go after Hillary Clinton. Maybe we won't focus so much on the wall. Maybe we're not going to deport uh, 10 or 11 million people from the United States. This, right. this softening might seem reassuring to some, but is there the danger of, of, of a backlash from, from his own supporters who may be expecting him to deliver on some of this? Well, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, he certainly did carry millions and millions of votes from a wide variety of groups. I know that people like to focus primarily on white Americans and looking at those numbers, but when you actually sort of look sort of directly into the old election pool, the Edison Research election pool, which is basically a consortium of all the different U.S. TV stations and media companies from Fox News, CNN, NBC, ABC, etc., and put it all together, he actually did very well with a lot of other groups. I mean, most of your listeners can obviously just go look at it for themselves, but, you know, he picked up 29% of all Hispanic voters in the United States, and that's after announcing that he wanted to build a wall with Mexico and make them build, and then make them build it. Uh, he picked up 29% of Asian voters, 24% of Jewish voters, 52% of Catholic voters, and a lot of other traditional ones. And even more interestingly, 42% overall of women. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So when you look at all those numbers and you put it together, Trump built an, an intriguing political coalition that is not even traditional for any sort of a Republican, quite frankly. Some of the numbers he hit, you can go back to past presidents, Reagan, the two Bushes, etc., and find a bit of an inherent link. But the fact that Trump put this all together without being really truly identified as a conservative or a Republican, I mean, the man really is not a political ideologue, it means that although sometimes, you know, people will say, well, he could be swayed one way or the other, quite clearly he has a much bigger coalition than people thought he was originally going to get, and whether his core group of supporters, and obviously that links into Steve Bannon's tie-in with Breitbart News, the alt-right, and various other things, whether that core group is going to be disappointed with the fact that Donald Trump may run a very different presidency than he did on the campaign hustings, well, it remains to be seen. Certainly some of them will be frustrated, but whether it goes any more than that, it's hard to say. All right. Well, what do you make of Steve Bannon? Well, you know what? I have, I have mixed opinions about him. There are some people I know who actually, in the United States, and some of the figures in media and politics and others, who used to either work with Bannon or appeared on his old radio show many years ago. And I can honestly say, Rob, there's a lot of people who say that he is a decent, forthright, intelligent fellow who is just being attacked of being, you know, he's being attacked of being a white nationalist, a white supremacist, an anti-Semite, and various other things. And they just don't understand where the tie-in comes from. And these are people from all walks of life. So I have to sort of take that into account, whereas at the same time, you have to balance it with the fact 
But under Steve Bannon's, let's say, leadership or certainly his guidance, Breitbart News changed from an interesting and sort of a, a unique voice on the political right who was kind of punchy, kind of a bit of a, a street fighter mentality, but held the principles of small C conservatism pretty much, you know, pretty near and dear to their hearts into something that just turned into kind of this wild group of disparate individuals, views that were certainly way off the charts in the mainstream, and yes, some praising of what's called the alt-right, which is the alternative right. Basically, groups of people who have been sort of linked together in this huge lump force, who supposedly have views which are completely separate to, say, modern conservative or modern libertarian values that you and I and others hold, and are sort of way off to the fringes. But those fringes have been kind of brought into the mainstream. So in the end, ultimately, I've never met Bannon, so I really don't know very much about him on a personal level. But based on what I've heard, it seems as if some of the things that are being described by him aren't very fair, especially the accusation of him being an anti-Semite. Where that comes from is a divorce proceedings with his ex-wife, who basically sort of, you know, lashed out at him that he said this on several occasions. But as we know, divorce proceedings can sometimes bring out the worst in people. So yeah. who knows what's true and who's well, what's false? It could be completely accurate. It could be complete nonsense. We really don't know. So there's that component of it. And then also to start sort of linking white supremacy and white nationalism with an individual and then tie it into Trump, who not on one occasion but multiple occasions said he wanted nothing to do with groups like that, including the KKK, David Duke, and others. If you break that tie there, yes, Steve Bannon will be a difficult individual to be in the, in the White House, and yes, there will be some Republicans and some conservatives who would rather that he didn't step foot anywhere near the White House. But on the other hand, due to the fact that he's not going to be Trump's chief of staff, he's just going to be a, a strategist of some sort, means that there will be some sort of a break between establishment Republicans who have worried whether they can build bridges with Donald Trump, and there will still be this little link to the force, that being Steve Bannon, who helped elect Trump in the first place and get him this incredible role. So right now I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with Bannon. I think a lot of it will be determined in Trump's language and his rhetoric and his policies after January 20th. That's interesting. There, there are those who wonder, too, I mean, putting aside some of these other issues that are associated with the alt-right, that maybe what Steve Bannon is there to do is to sort of head up the, the war with the media, as it were. Yeah. I mean, even on Twitter over the weekend, Trump is still lashing out of the New York Times. You got uh, Sean Hannity, very prominent conservative talk show host, who's already mm-hmm. saying, you know, he should be denying credentials to the New York Times and CNN yeah. and the Washington Post. So do you think there's, there's something there? Well, it depends what Bannon's role eventually becomes. A chief strategist sounds like a very highfalutin title, so to speak, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It it really depends, and you sort of allude to it, where his core concentration is going to be. If it's going to be based on going after the media or political opponents or even some Republicans who just won't sort of step in line with Donald Trump's priorities and policies, then yes, that could turn out to be a bit of a lightning rod of controversy and it could cause some problems between establishment Republicans or senior Republicans, if you wish. 
and groups associated with Steve Bannon. On the other hand, if all of what's being said about Bannon up to this point is nonsense, and that really he, what he did with Breitbart News, which certainly I didn't find acceptable, and quite frankly, I didn't follow, I haven't followed Breitbart News for quite a long time based on this, if he can somehow disassociate himself with the website that basically made him pretty famous, or at least put him in the popular eye, that being Steve Bannon, and actually work for the greater good of the country and actually aid President-elect Donald Trump in terms of building a successful policy and building a successful team around him that actually is geared towards values that a lot of Americans, whether they live in the Rust Belt area, whether they live in the South, the North, etc., sort of unify behind, you know, law and order type issues, uh, a more muscular foreign policy, for example, uh, the lower taxes, like basically, as you know, Donald Trump is going to change the tax regime in the United States, and that could be very beneficial for many Americans, no matter what their income class is. If all of that works to fruition, it may turn out that all the fears we have about Bannon, the alt-right, Breitbart News, and various other things may come for naught. And if that's the case, I think we're going to be a lot better off. But again, it's mostly a wait-and-see approach at this point, Rob, because we just don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, that's an important point. And look, yeah, as you say, there, there are a lot of other positions to be filled here, and I think people are going to be uh, awfully curious to see where, where Trump is leaning. I, I think there is the yep. point where you look at, I mean, Steve Bannon was someone who, who came on, took an important role in the campaign, and you get yep. the sense that Trump wants to reward those who backed his campaign. Do you think that's going to include the likes of Chris Christie and Rudy Giuliani, even people people like Sarah Palin or uh, Ben Carson, for that matter. Yeah, I think some of the names that you mentioned will find their way into Trump's inner cabinet when that is eventually created, and it's being created as we speak. You know, on, one, on the one hand, you have uh, Reince Priebus, who is the RNC chairman, who right. now will be Donald Trump's incoming chief of staff in the White House. That's a good sign, actually, for mainstream Republicans, establishment Republicans, whatever you want to call them, because there will be that influential role there. In terms of some of the other names you mentioned, um, certainly I think that Ben Carson and Rudy Giuliani will be in the cabinet somewhere, if they're both interested in being in that, in some sort of particular role. For Mr. Carson, that you would think the natural thing would be health, based on his medical background. And for Rudy Giuliani, something dealing with safety and security, or maybe being the attorney general, all seem kind of logical. The same way that Newt Gingrich, I believe, will also make his way into a Trump cabinet, if he wants, maybe a secretary of state or something like that. With the uh, other people, it's harder to say. Sarah Palin has caused so much damage for the Republican Party over the years. Even Donald Trump, if you remember months ago, when he actually went to a campaign rally and introduced Sarah Palin, he actually was looking at his feet on the ground most of the time when she was talking, because as I, I think I said at the time, even someone acting as crazy as Donald Trump realizes what crazy is, and he didn't even want to be associated with it. So I strongly doubt that Palin will make her way into the cabinet. She might have some other role, but I doubt it. And Chris Christie, although he has been very loyal, and one of, was the, one of the earliest supporters of Donald Trump during his 
run during the GOP presidential primaries. The problem with Christie is, if you believe some of the articles that have come out, they've been sort of on the outs for the past month or two because of the way things are being handled with what's called Bridgegate or the whole controversy with the New Jersey Bridge that involved uh, Chris Christie and sort of caused a huge dark storm of controversy over his administration to the point where some of the people that have been associated with him had to be kicked out. He's also, Christie that is, abandoned them in public as well, including his campaign manager, which apparently frustrated Donald Trump to no end, in his belief that he didn't like seeing A, a woman sort of falling apart like that, and B, he also associated uh, that woman, her last name being Kelly, with sort of the soccer mom mentality that has always been kind of successful in building support for him. So he thought that, that Chris Christie should have sheltered her a bit more and that he just didn't seem to show loyalty to a woman who had showed loyalty to him for so many years. So it may actually happen that, yes, Chris Christie will get one of the 4,000 or so jobs that the, uh, Trump, the incoming Trump administration has to fill, but a major cabinet role, it might happen, but based on what's happened recently, it looks like someone like that may be left out. All right. Well, interesting days ahead. Michael Taub, thanks so much for the insight here. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Rob. Take All care. Right, take care. You too. There you go. Michael Taub, Troy Media Syndicated columnist, Washington Times contributor. we got to take a quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.